Hello again and welcome to Heart and Soul, playing the music of the church throughout the ages from ancient hymns and songs to today's modern Christian music. Presenting your host for today, Carla Evans. Once again, join us for the music of the church throughout the ages and a word later on by Heart and Soul speaker David Evans. We start off today in Melbourne. The choir of Trinity College calls us to worship in hymn the words written by Robert Grant in 1833 to the tune Hanover by William Croft, O Worship the King.
Irish Christian singer, songwriter, worship leader, Robin Mark with The Wonder of the Cross on Heart and Soul. Our life is a series of endings and beginnings. Birth brings to an end our secure life in our mother's womb. A baby is thrust out into the big wide world and we call this the beginning of life. The start of school means the death of a certain innocence for a child and yet it opens up a whole new world of experiences. For a young adult, 
The end of school or university means the beginning of another world. And when people retire, many look forward to having time for new experiences. It's the same with death. A Christian who lived in the second century once wrote, The Lord has turned all our sunsets into sunrises. Death is not the end when you know Jesus Christ. It's a new beginning. Daniel Smith, his orchestra and chorus with one of Isaac Watts' hymns, Join All the Glorious Names. Hello, this is Jan Baker, and you're listening to Heart and Soul, hosted by my good friend, Carla Evans. Often called simply Song of Joy, the hymn starts in the first verse with Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. It is a poem written by Henry Van Dyke in 1907, with the intention of musically setting it to the famous Ode to Joy melody of the final movement of Ludwig van Beethoven's final symphony, Symphony No. 9. Van Dyke wrote this poem in 1907 while staying at the home of Williams College President Harry Augustus Garfield. He was serving as a guest preacher at Williams at the time. He told his host that the local Berkshire Mountains had been his inspiration. 
The lyrics were first published in 1911 in Van Dyke's Book of Poems, 3rd edition. This hymn is generally considered by hymnologists to be one of the most joyous expressions of hymn lyrics in the English language. Here it is from the Praise Ensemble. and soul.
great old favourite, the old rugged cross. That time with singer Sandy Patty. Andrew Naylor now with When I Survey the Wondrous Cross from the World Vision album Hope. This is Heart and Soul. My life. 
nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking I rest on His unchanging grace Through every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground He sings All of the ground is sinking sand. Benny Hester sang On Christ the Solid Rock. A song that reminds us that with so many things around us, on inferior foundations we need to anchor our lives on Jesus, the solid rock. To Heart and Soul Across Australia, this is Carla Evans with you. Now it's time to hear from Heart and Soul regular speaker, the Reverend David Evans. Thank you, Dave. Hello, everybody. Let me talk to you today about the matter of adversity. We all experience adversity in our lives. And the question I'm asking is, is adversity for you a burden or is it going to be a bridge in your life? 
And I want to take the three or four verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where Paul gives his testimony of how he faced adversity in his life. From verse 7 there it says, I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. And each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, adversity touches everyone sooner or later. Some believers crumble under the pressure of difficult times. They become so bitter and resentful towards God that they walk away from His calling on their lives. They might even resort to addictive behaviours in an attempt to escape pain. Others face similar challenges but have a totally different reaction. Instead of weakening them, trials make them stronger because they learn to depend more fully on the power of the Holy Spirit. Adversity can be either an overwhelming burden or a bridge to deeper relationship with God. Let's compare the idea of a burden and a bridge. We can see tough times as being a burden or we can see it as being a bridge. A burden, spiritually speaking, is a heaviness that weighs us. We may feel weary or discouraged without joy and peace. Even bitter we can become. And of course, bitterness not only affects us, but can affect other people around us as well. Or it can be a bridge. A bridge, in contrast, is a way to rise above the difficulty and develop a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. Let me ask you, what's the difference between a burden and a bridge in this case? Well, you carry a burden yourself, but a bridge carries you. Instead of it being on top of you, you're on top of it. Two verses are the foundation of this bridge to greater intimacy with the Lord. Psalm 103.19 says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His sovereignty rules over all. So that no matter what happens to you, God is in control. If you have read the story of Job in the Bible, you know that behind that story, even though Job didn't know it at the time, but we're privy to it, that God was there all the time. He was sovereign and He allowed certain things to happen in Job's life but wasn't that he was going to allow it to destroy Job. The second verse is Romans 8 and verse 28, which talks about the circumstances of life, and it says, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. In the life of Paul, adversity became not a burden, but it became a bridge. The life of Paul is one of the best examples of how adversity can act as a bridge to a closer relationship with God. Now, without the supernatural revelations the Lord gave him, we would have far less insight into living the day-to-day -day Christian life. But his closeness to the Father came only as a result of severe personal loss and hardship, which he counted as rubbish, that he might win Christ. Through difficulty, he learned Contentment is possible in the midst of adversity. The Apostle explained, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. God provides supernatural strength in our weakness. Paul's limitations allowed the Holy Spirit's power to work through his life. He said that he delights in the fact, when he got the revelation from God, I delight in the fact that it is in my weakness that I am made strong and that the Holy Spirit is there to make up the deficiencies in my life if I allow it. The Lord is a source for all our needs. When we fully rely on the Father, we can count on His provision even. A promise in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We can trust in the Lord's faithfulness. Paul had learned to depend on the Lord to carry him through any trial. He said, There is no trial that has taken you but such as is common to man. In other words, other people have the same trial you're going through, though you may never meet them. There are people who are going through what you're going through right now. But then he goes on and he says, But God is faithful. And he will not allow the trial of the test or the temptation or the adversity to be above what you are able. So, 
It's a compliment in a sense that when you experience adversity, it's God voting for you and saying, I know you can handle it. I know you're going to use it. I know you're going to come through it. I know you're going to walk across it as a bridge. And I know that others are going to be blessed as you too overcome. The Father values service more than our desires. Instead of satisfying Paul's natural inclination towards comfort and ease, which probably is the lot of all of us, God sent adversity to prepare him for greater service. The Lord prioritizes character development, you know, over comfort. In difficult times, God will give us strength to proclaim the truth. And because Paul was in prison, the entire Praetorian guard heard the gospel. He says that in Philippians 1, 13-15. Now, the more adversity we face, the more effective our message will be to others. We can treat everything as if it comes from God. The Lord uses all we experience, even the wrongs of others, for His purposes in our lives. If we can embrace the circumstances that come our way as an opportunity to grow, it prevents our trials from making us resentful and locking us in, sometimes for almost a lifetime of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, which hurts us more than it hurts the people that we need to forgive. We learn more about the Lord through trials. Suffering often is the stimulus to greater closeness with God. We don't like the word suffering. We want everything to be rosy, don't we? Adversity prepares us to comfort others more effectively. If you've gone through stuff, then you can help other people who are going through similar stuff or even other stuff in their lives that you can help them with because they've seen that you've overcome and you've handled it in the right manner. They have respect for the words that you speak. From God's viewpoint, suffering prepares us to minister to others. Now, God has a specific purpose for allowing adversity. Paul's thorn was designed to keep him humble and dependent on God despite the astounding spiritual revelations he had been given. Why, if God hadn't kept him humble with the revelations, it may have gone to his head and he may have started to see revelations which didn't come from God. And because of his position, that could not be allowed because we receive his words as the word of God. And we are to know joy in the midst of adversity. In Philippians 4.4, the apostle wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Well, let me tell you about David Ring. Now, technically speaking, David Ring was born dead. Quick-acting medical personnel were able to get him breathing, but oxygen deprivation left him with cerebral palsy. He suffered from a speech impediment, hands that don't cooperate, and a limp. And if that wasn't enough adversity for one person, both his parents died by the time he was 14 years old and his haemophiliac brothers subsequently died of AIDS. David's remaining family members feared that David would never have a normal life because they assumed he would never marry, have children, drive a car, earn a living or take care of himself. As a young teenager, David came to surrender his life to God and came to see his disability almost as a gift. And once he began to see his circumstances as being allowed for him by God, he began moving forward. Today he is married, has four beautiful children, drives a car, speaks to more than 250 audiences a year, and at his speaking engagements he he sells t-shirts bearing the slogan, Don't Wine, Shine. David Ring has taken responsibility for his life, the bad, the difficult and the wonderful, and he continues to celebrate the difference he is able to make in the lives of others. When people wrestle with difficult life circumstances and experiences, the why question often gets in the way. Well, one of David Ring's axioms is, don't ask God why, ask what. What do you want me to do with this? Now, most likely, friend, you are experiencing some degree of adversity today. You can try to handle it using your own resources or you can choose to see it as a path to deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. You can continue to allow it to be a burden in your life or you can turn it into a bridge which will bring you closer to him and cause you to be a victor. And that bridge others may even walk across as well. If you are a believer, the awesome power of the Holy Spirit is available to equip, transform and carry you through any suffering. The bridge of adversity can take you to a place of indescribable closeness with the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And friend, if you haven't found the Lord yet, if you're not a Christian, you can find that peace, you can find that blessing, you can find that power in your life to make that adversity that you're experiencing 
or have experienced into something which is a bridge of blessing for you and ultimately for others. Can I invite you today to give your life to Jesus Christ? If you're not a Christian, and if you are a Christian, can I remind you and invite you today to surrender that to Him and to say, Lord, I surrender to you my life in every way. Use me such as I am, adversity and all. And He will. May God help you today and bless you. And if you'd like to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. The address will be given to you at the end of the program. Now let's press on for more great music on Heart and Soul. I write myself a simple song Get the whole world to sing along I'll call it a love song for you I'm liable to take a song from the Bible And then when I'm through I'll just sing That's hard to do They're searching their mind Trying to find a one of a kind way That they could say something Playing the music of the church throughout the ages, heart and soul. We go back to the 80s now and to a song that was so very popular and inspirational. Here's Michael W. Smith with the original recording of Friends. Soil of 
quality we all admire. However, only when we enjoy serving others does our service take on a radiant goodness which gives a contagious glow. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others, that I may live like Thee. And when my work 
earth is done, and my new work in heaven's begun. May I forget the crown I've won, while thinking still of others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others, that I may live like thee. Tennessee, Ernie Ford then with the song, Others, giving us a real challenge. This is Heart and Soul and I'm Carla Evans. From American country gospel back to Scotland and St Cuthbert's Edinburgh and the Scottish festival singers with a grand old song of the Isles, Jerusalem. Every eye shall see 
shall declare the glory of his name all creation bows at the coming of a king every eye shall see program today to a conclusion was the worship song The Heavens Shall Declare by Jeff Bullock from his album The Songs of Jeff Bullock. Our speaker today was David Evans and I have been your host Carla Evans. If you've been blessed by heart and soul, why not drop us a line? Our email address is heartandsoulmusic at bigpond.com. We have a website. It's heartandsoul.org.au. Or you might like to write to this radio station in appreciation for them bringing us to you. Heart and Soul is an Australian program. 